0: Well, again, thank you for being here this morning. We're glad that you're here on this unpredictable-type weather Sunday morning. I was talking to somebody, you know, Louisiana's weather is bipolar. (laughs) You know, hot one day. You know you live in the south when you have your heat on in the morning and your air conditioning on in the afternoon. And and you go out in your flip-flops and gym shorts to cover up your pipes so they don't freeze that night. But anyway, so... Uh, Pastor called me yesterday and he said, I can't preach in the morning because my voice is gone. I said, say that again? <laughs> he said, can you handle it? I said, well, I'll medicate myself up and I'll be there. And so, <clears throat> I am not responsible for anything I say or do today because I'm highly medicated. <clears throat> because I'm trying to get over the sinus. Anyway, Pastor sounds like Minnie Mouse. I'm medicated. <clears throat> We're glad you're here. We're going to have fun. <laughs> Just a couple of announcements. Um, business meeting tonight at 5 o'clock, 6, business meeting at 6, okay, business meeting at 6 o'clock, be here, we need all of our official members to be here tonight, we got, we need to, um, elect a, a new deacon uh, for a term, and, uh You'll you'll get the financial report of the church for this past year, and you'll be anxious to hear about that and excited about what all we've done for missions and so forth this year. So be be here at six o'clock tonight, even if you're not a member, but you're an here of the church. Come and just see we uh, how, how we how well we've done this past year. Okay, six o'clock. How many's gonna be here? Okay, see you at 6. The other thing we need to announce is that Men's Retreat is coming up. It's going to be uh, March the 3rd, 4th, and 5th, but the registration is open. You need to register now. If you register early, you get a little bit of a break on the price. And uh, men, you want to go to Men's Retreat. It's an awesome thing. Uh, My dad used to go every year, and he enjoyed it. And even when he was the only one going, he would go. But it's just an awesome thing. Ladies, send your men to Men's Retreat if you want a better husband. You want a better spouse, you want a better father, send your dad to the men's retreat. It's a good thing. Uh, please go. Amen. And all the ladies said, Amen. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <clears throat> okay, I apologize for my <clears throat> voice today and for my incoherence at times. But I've been trying to get over this sinus cold. Keep praying for me. This sinus stuff is kicking me this year. It's really kicking me. I thought I was well Wednesday night. It wasn't the ladies. I sounded good Wednesday night, and it hit me again when I got home. Anyway, um, I just want to speak for a few minutes. Uh, I was told when I started in ministry, never apologize for being too short. Well, I'm short, y'all. I can't help it. I'm just 5'2", you know, if I stretch. (laughs) Uh, vertically, no never apologize for not being long-winded in the pulpit So I'm, I'm hoping to be very brief today, but so pay attention. I'm probably gonna speak and fast forward Because when you're medicated with this sign of stuff, it, it tends to speed you up That's a joke y'all can laugh <laughs> You know anyway, i wanna speak just a few minutes this morning about don't lose focus Don't lose focus. Uh, I want to use a a verse uh, Philippians 3 I think I've got it to go on the screen Philippians 3:13 and 14 says this It says brethren I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus Before we get started, can we pray? Because I need all the help I can get this morning. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we just thank you so much for the privilege to come to your house to worship you, to lift the name of Jesus. We just ask you this morning for the Holy Spirit to come in this place, flow through, touching each heart and life and soul. Give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, and a mind to comprehend what you had for us today. Give me the words to say. Let the preacher come. Let the teacher come. Let me say what you'd have me to say, in that, and nothing more. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody said Amen. Now, if you amen me, I get done faster. I hear you over there. Um, Talking about a race, you see, Paul, back during those times, they had to, you know, we fixing to have the Olympics here next month sometime. Don't we have the Olympics coming up in February? Yeah. Uh, and, And back during this time, the Olympics was a big deal in games. And they had the old, what they call the ancient Olympics. And so people were very... Um, uh, they understood a race, and they understood how athletes run, and and they understood. And, and and Paul talked about it in other places how that they would lay aside anything that would encumber them. They you know they they didn't go running in army boots or combat boots, and they didn't go running with a big heavy coat on. You know they stripped down to the bare nothing uh, to go running because they didn't want anything to encumber them. And Paul preached about that. How as Christians we should lay aside everything that weights us down. Everybody agree with that? Lay aside everything that weighs you down. And I, but that's another message. We'll preach it sometime. What he's talking about in this scripture right here is that he's talking about how athletes, if, and if you've noticed them, how they will focus on that finish line. When they leave the starting blocks, when they leave the starting blocks, they don't look behind them. They're looking at that finish line, to where, the, where they need to go. And, and when they take off, you know, you, anybody old enough to remember the baseball player Satchel Paige? I uh, got one adherent back there, Satchel Paige. He's an old-time baseball player. Was a pitcher, very good pitcher. And he's he his his famous saying was, "Don't look back. It might be something gaining on you." And so that's when you see these athletes, they're running. They don't look behind them. They're looking. They're focusing on that finish line. E- even even farmers, when they would plow in their fields, they don't look behind to see where they were they keep looking forward to see where they're going so they could have a straight furrow in their fields you know if you look behind you get wavy like this you know uh, we used to have a when, when I grew up over here on on uh, ninth street and there was an old man that um, had, a, had a garden right beside us, and he'd get out there with his, with his mule, and he would plow, and he'd say, gee, and haw, and I don't know what that means, but he said, gee, and haw. But that mule would walk, and he had blinders on that mule, so the mule wouldn't look to the right, to the left, but focus right to the end of the, end of the road. You understand what I'm saying? I, I was going through to, toward uh, past Bradley and over in the, you know where those, the fields are where they raise all that stuff? Oh, you guys know, y'all go catfishing over there and catch all them big catfish. Yeah, but there's, there's fields over there. They have soybeans and different things and corn that they grow. Well, every now and then they have to have... A crop duster to come and spray herbicide or, or or pesticide or something in there and I was driving through there one one time and I, I noticed there were a bunch of helium balloons up in the air and I couldn't figure out why they had helium balloons on those fence posts down, down through there and then I saw the plane come by it was it was focused on that helium balloon because then they would know it, what row it was on and how to go straight. So he got the field totally covered. It was focusing on the goal, focusing on the finish line, you know. And, and, and we need to be the same way. But, but these athletes, they don't look to the right or to the left because they don't want to be distracted. They don't want to be distracted from reaching their goal. The, the uh, crop duster don't need to be distracted. they got to reach their goal. they got to cover all that field. Anybody with me this morning? Say amen. Punch your neighbor and say, wake up. This is important. (laughs) Distractions. Not only do they hinder you, but they hinder people around you. Let me tell you about a couple of distractions that happened lately in my life. The Tuesday before Christmas the two you guys were busy that day (laughs) getting a little one here the Tuesday before Christmas I had done it it was a a once-in-a-lifetime thing I had done all my Christmas shopping and but I you know I looked and I said well I'm gonna go pick up a couple more things and so that Tuesday I had dropped someone off at the clinic and I said I'm gonna run to Walmart for just a couple of minutes and pick up another couple of little things you know so I went to Walmart and I picked up a couple of things And I stayed a little bit longer than I intended because, you know, around Christmas time, you see everybody and their brother and their cousins in Walmart, right? And you got to visit. It's a small town. You can't just walk by. And so I got out to go home. And I always go to the traffic light. And there I was sitting at the traffic light waiting for the light to turn so I could turn left and head north on Highway 371. And the light turned green in my favor. And I waited until this huge UPS truck stopped. Not just a little delivery truck like an 18-wheeler. UPS truck stopped at the light. By the way, if you're ever at Walmart and gonna turn left or right at the traffic light, pause. Sometimes people run that red light. So I waited until all the traffic was stopped, then I turned out and went left in my little Mustang pony. And I just about the time I got at the end of that UPS truck, all I saw was a white blur, and then I was spun around and wound up over on the grass in between the gas station. In a quick care. I didn't know what happened. All I saw was a white blur and knew that my car was not where it was supposed to be. I found out later that there was a lady driving a pickup truck, apparently driving distracted because the UPS driver said that she was wobbling all over the road behind him from all the way to Ivan Smith. And she looked up. Now, wait a minute. When you're driving, where are you supposed to be looking? When you're supposed to be looking. She said, I looked up. And saw that I was fixing to hit the rear end of that UPS truck, so I swerved to miss the UPS truck. Now, y'all, she had a perfectly good lane over to the right. But she swerved into oncoming traffic and totally tore up my little pony. She was distracted from what she was supposed to be doing. And not only did it affect her and tear up her truck, but it tore up my car. And they're still working on the stinking thing. A paramedic came and asked me was I okay? And I said, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just mad He said well, I'll leave you alone then I said might be a good idea <laughs> Well, then So I got that situation, you know, we got it towed down to Deloney's and they're working on it And uh, they're working on it. It's, it's kind of hard to get parts nowadays, but they're working on it So we went on and um Every New Year's Eve, some of you know that I always fix a lot of Cajun food. New Year's Eve, you know, jambalaya, and, uh, etouffee, and creole, and red beans and rice, and gumbo, and junk, you know, rice. And anybody can come to my house on New Year's Eve and just eat a feast, come and go. You know, eat a bowl of this or a bowl of that, and take your bowl home with you. So I was going to have the food ready at 6 o'clock. This was New Year's Eve. About five o'clock when I got ready to turn on my rice cooker, all the power went out. Well, fortunately I had everything in my crock pots and so everything all the food was cooking except for my rice and my garlic bread. I said, What in the world? I sent my son in law out to look and some dear lady Said she swerved to miss a dog and took out a light pole. Now, she was driving in a 25-mile-an-hour speed zone and driving a truck. But hitting a light pole at 25 miles an hour probably won't take it out. So the lady was driving distracted, and she was driving too fast, but she was distracted, and not only did she total her truck, but she put two hundred and something household out of electricity on New Year's Eve, when a lot of people had houses full of company, you know, fixing their feast. And there I was; I was expecting about fifty people to come by, and uh, distractions. Distractions can not only hinder you; they can hinder those around you. Right. So you say, what does that got to do with the Bible? what's well, a segue into there are many distractions that can easily take our focus from that which is important right we we live in our we living in a day of distractions we living in a time of many distractions I mean we we're we talking about Family drama. How many can you raise your hand and say, I don't have any family drama? (laughs) Raise your hand, you liar, liar, pants on fire. (laughs) You know, sometimes I feel like some of my family deal could be an episode on Springer. (laughs) Family drama, especially around holidays, you know. You you gather up all these people in the house that you got to be nice to, and you don't even like half of them. Oh, come on now family you'll go and cry at their funeral but you don't want to go on vacation with them right Mm -hmm. (laughs) come on family drama family can be a distraction from your focus on what it should be focused on does this make any sense at all i don't know i'm medicated i don't know what i'm saying Uh, you got family drama then you got workplace drama workplace drama man i I, when i i I used to work years ago in garment factory and in the garment factory, there's a bunch of women, you know, running them sewing machines and stuff and talking about drama. Man, there's drama and gossip and stuff going on, all on them women. And I thought, man, this is terrible, working around all these. And then I went to work at the chemical plant, around a bunch of men. Guys, I'm going to tell you what, you guys are just as bad. Oh, my goodness, all the backbiting and, and rearing end kissing. Can I say that? <laughs> I guess I did <laughs> mm, Stair-stepping and climbing the ladder Stomping people down and trying gossip Did you know, ladies, that guys gossip worse than women do? <laughs> well, maybe they're making up stuff I don't know <laughs> Workplace drama it can, it, it, Workplace drama can get you distracted so quickly You know, from what you're supposed to be doing and then, let's don't even go into the political drama that's going on. I mean, politics, and you know, I don't even watch network TV anymore. I don't watch it, because I'm afraid a commercial would come on that would just <laughs> distract me. You know what I watch? I watch Netflix and Wii TV where I can watch Andy Griffith and M.A.S.H. and, you know, all that kind of good stuff, and yeah, Golden Girls, and here we go, Mama's Family, all that good stuff. Uh, you know. Political drama, man, it can get you down. Because, uh, you know, you just get you so mad That you just want to go up there And rock some people to sleep with real rocks <laughs> My brother, my son-in-law's not here So I can tell you He gets he gets all involved in this stuff, you know And he gets, you know, about all these conspiracy theories And everything, and I'll listen to what he says <laughs> and, and, and I don't want to tell him I really don't care <laughs> it's, it's not a lot I can do about it You know, I can't change then people up in Washington, I got my one vote. And I can, I can have my say with the people I know. I can tell the people I know what I think and my political opinion. I got my one vote. I can write my congressman, and I do. I can write my senator, and I do. I write my senators, and I write my congressman. And that's what we all should do. But after that, there's nothing I can do. I can't go up there and change them, people. So I'm not going to even watch that drama because it just gets my blood pressure too high, and I'm already taking medicine. I don't need to take any more. But the political drama can get you sidetracked. Uh, you know, and we, and we read in Matthew 24 about the world events. If you read in Matthew 24, it's like reading our headlines. It talks about wars and rumors of wars and, and brothers against brothers and sisters against and families, fighting against families and all this stuff. Talk about stuff in the last days. That can get you so distracted thinking about all that stuff. And, and let's don't even talk about shopping, especially around the holiday season when you're trying to shop, going in there and and anybody uh, have problems shopping sometimes? You don't get road rage in Walmart. <laughs> Driving. Just go over to Shreveport and drive at around four and five o'clock on I-20 or our airline drive That's worse. drive on airline drive at four four o'clock, and I think you'll be distracted. Our, our, our neighbors oh man, we didn't get started by neighbors. I had' a na- <sighs> Bless her, So she stole every pear off my tree. And I was growing those pears for my grandkids. You know, my daughter caught her out there with her cane, knocking the pears down out of my tree. You know, distractions. Neighbors can be distractions. Uh, Yeah. Those distractions, even our own life, we can be a distraction in our own life. There are times, now I'm going to get serious, okay? That's enough of the foolishness. There are times in our lives that we find ourselves trying to live to earn our salvation. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes, and you think about it, sometimes in our lives, we find ourselves trying to live our lives in a way to earn our salvation. Folks, it don't work that way. Yeah, we're supposed to live holy, godly lives, but we're not living our lives to earn our salvation. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. A lot of times we find ourselves trying to live our lives. Man, I got to do that because I got to stay saved. And I got to, you know... I. I want to please Jesus. Yes, but the attitude gets in our head that we're living our lives to earn our salvation. We'll even tell our kids and our grandkids, oh, you don't do that. Jesus is not pleased with that, you know. And and it gives the connotation that we're trying to live our lives to earn our salvation. Anybody with me this morning? You know what I'm trying to say? Paul, the apostle Paul, found himself facing the same Confusion. Now, I don't think I put these, these verses up there, but I'm just going to read these. I'm going to read these verses in uh, the today's English version because it just makes it a little clearer. Paul found his safe, self in the same place, you know, because we're, we're trying to live our lives. And, and we know we don't want to do this thing, but then we find ourselves doing this thing, even though we don't know we don't want to do it. You know, we know it's wrong and we're not going to do it, but we find ourselves doing it again. You know, we know it's wrong to get mad at somebody and to fuss at them and all that, but then we find ourselves doing it again, you know. And Paul had the same problem. If you look in Romans chapter 7, if you got Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8, you can make it to heaven. That's all you need. Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. Read it and read it and read it. Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 14, says this. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am a mortal man, sold as a slave to sin, We're all born as slaves to sin, right? 15, I do not understand what I do, for I don't do what I would like to do, but instead I do what I hate. Anybody can identify? Since what I do is what I don't want to do, this shows that I agree that the law is right. What he's saying, I know that the law is right. He's telling me how to live, but I just can't live up to it. So I'm not really the one who does this thing. Rather, it's the sin that lives in me. It's the sin nature that causes us to do these things, right? I know that good does not live in me, that is, in my human nature. For even though the desire to do good is in me, I'm not able to do it. He said, I'm not able to do this on my own. Because on my own, I have the sin nature in the human nature. He said, I don't do the good I want to do. Instead, I do the evil that I do not want to do. I don't do the good I want to do. Instead, I do the evil that I do not know to do. If I do what I don't want to do, this means that I am no longer the one who does it. Instead, it is the sin, the sin nature that lives in me. So I find that the law is at work when I want to do what is good. What is evil is the only choice I have. When he's relying on his self. Self is the sin nature and the human nature. My inner being delights in the law of God. But I see a different law at work in my body. A law that fights against the law, which my mind approves of. It makes me a prisoner to the law of sin, which is at work in my body. What an unhappy man am I. Who will rescue me from this body that has taken me to death? Thanks be to God who does this through the Lord Jesus Christ. So what's he saying here? It's the struggle that we all have. When we try to do things in our own strength, we wind up listening to the flesh, listening to our own human nature, which is another word for the sin nature. We try to do things in our own strength. Are you with me this morning? Are you understanding? If you nod your little head, then I know. And so many times people come in, give their hearts to the Lord, and they get saved and they say, thank you, God, for saving me. I got it from here. No, we don't. We can't get saved on our own. We can't live for Christ on our own. Self is worthless. When you start listening to self, you're listening to the sin nature. You hear what I'm saying? If you're listening to yourself, you're listening to your human nature, you're listening to the sin nature. The only way that we can live for Christ is through Christ and him alone. Does that make any sense? Make any sense? The same faith, the same Faith that we use for salvation is the same faith that we use every day to live for Christ How does that work when you get saved you ask Jesus into your heart You ask him to forgive you of your sins. You ask him to help you You make him lord of your life every morning when you get up You say Jesus help me through this day to live for you. You got to look to Christ every day There's a scripture that backs that up. What's the answer? The scripture is Luke 9:23, And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. What does that mean? We have been taught for so many years that means that we've got to carry our cross. We've got to bear our cross and we've got to deny ourselves, and we've got to beat ourselves up and just drag this cross with us of bondage. That's not what it means. When you look at that word in the original language and take up his cross, what it means is my. He says, Jesus was saying to them, if you would follow me, you must deny yourself and take up my cross daily and follow me. You have to look to what I did for you on the cross every day and let that faith that you put in me To be saved be the same faith that you put in me to help you live for me every day that make sense is that a revelation to anybody (laughs) does that make sense we have to look to christ because he is the only answer he's the answer for the dilemma we find ourselves in when we try to live our own lives and do things the way we think and work ourselves, you know who you can lie to the best yourself you know the bible says there's a way that seems right Unto man, the end thereof is destruction. When you can listen to yourself, yourself is going to lead you down the highway to death. Right? We have to every day look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Hebrew twelve two says it this way: Look unto Jesus, the Author and Finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand throne of Jesus. If you look at it at the NASU, it says, fixing our eyes upon Jesus. Fixing our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Back to the beginning of this, when I said those athletes who are running the race, what do they do when they leave the starting block? They don't look behind. They don't look to the right. They don't look to the left. They fix their eyes on that finish line. They fix their eyes on that which is before them. They fix their eyes and look steady at what they're headed to. Does that make any sense? And as Christians, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer to every question. Jesus is the answer to every problem. Jesus is the answer to everything that we have. in our. Does this make any sense to anybody? Not you head. This makes sense. Everybody's kind of quiet this morning. Jesus is the answer. Matthew 6:33 says it this way. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that true? So every day. Those three scriptures there can help us every morning. Every morning we look up, deny ourselves. You say self, you can't do it on your own today. Self, you just need to sit down and let Jesus take the wheel, right? Now, I know this is a secular song, but you know that's true. A lot of truth in that. Every morning we need to deny ourselves. just say self, sit down and let Jesus take the wheel, right? There was a there was a saying on Facebook that said if you got a license plate that said Jesus is my co-pilot, you need to trade seats. Jesus is the pilot, you need to be the co-pilot, right? Every morning, we need to deny ourselves and let Jesus take control. Every day, we need to look to Him, who's the author and the perfecter of our faith. And every day, we need to seek Him first. And when you seek Jesus first, guess what? All these other little things kind of fall into place. When you're seeking after Him, all these other things fall into place. Some people seek after riches. Some people seek after fame and fortune. Some people seek out of notoriety. But guess what? If you seek after Jesus, all these other little things in your life are going to fall in place. Does that make any sense? Hmm? Does that help anybody this morning? Won't we all stand and sing this song with Nelda? I can't sing this morning, but Nelda, just sing with her this song. Make it your prayer today. on Jesus. Turn your eyes on Him. Turn your eyes on Jesus.